here's the big question. You're interested in value investing and valuing and evaluating businesses on a deep level, but you don't know how, even after researching for hours, probably dozens of hours, hundreds of hours on the internet, and because nobody else shows you how to do it. This podcast has all those answers and much more about value investing and finance. My name is Jason Rivera. Welcome to Value Investing in Your Car. Hey, Jason here. In today's episode of Value Investing in Your Car, I'm going to finish up the kind of mini-series within this series of the three most useless metrics or terms in the value investing community. We've already hit on PE and beta. And if you want to see those videos, make sure to check them out. They should be to right, left, below, depending on where you're watching. Um, you can see those videos and why I think they're completely useless. Today we're getting to one that is, I would say, 99.9% .9 of the time useless. Goodwill. Being a deep value investor like I am, I focus pretty much first on safety of the company, which means safety of the balance sheet and ensuring I'm not going to lose money. That's what I focus on first as a deep value investor. So I focus first on, let me step back. The, the kind of process I go through is I find company to research, do a preliminary analysis of the company, things like operating margin, cash conversion cycle, uh, balance sheet strength, um, free cash flow to sales margin, some other stuff. I'm sure we'll get to that in another video or you might've seen that in my other video, the preliminary analysis I go through. Then if somebody, if a company clears that hurdle on both a, that gets those kind of passes though, that criteria I just mentioned and kind of a basic relative valuation. Then I move on to reading the financial statements. Then I read or then I, I take notes on the financial statements as I'm reading them. Then I value the company and then I make a decision from there on whether I want to buy it or not. And this includes going back five, 10 years worth of financial statements if the company is really a great potential investment and that's how far I go back and read financials. So it all kind of starts off with the preliminary look, which again, focuses on many things, but one of the main things it focuses on and on top of margins and free cash flow production and stuff like that is the strength of the balance sheet. What does this have to do to, with goodwill? Goodwill shows up on the balance sheet as an accounting term. Goodwill's technical definition is the excess value that a company paid in excess of another company's um, as net assets when they acquired a company. What does that mean? Essentially, it means that the company paid was worth this on a net asset value and the company paid this. Why is this number useless 99.9% .9 of times? Because 99.9% .9 of times it's just purely a financial accounting number. It has no economic bearing on the company whatsoever, except when a company has to impair their goodwill. Let's say you buy a company, let's say you own a company and you buy another company. You pay an excess, again, their net asset, value is here you pay this price 
because you think there are synergies and other kind of whatever operational value synergy another useless term by the way when we'll get that in the next video anyways balance getting back to uh goodwill so let's say you buy the lost my train of thought there for a second talking about uh synergies let's say you buy the company for here pay this price you this price this kind of buffer in here between here and here is what the goodwill price is or what the goodwill accounting number is in some cases for bigger companies this is tens of billions of dollars so it makes up a good chunk of the balance sheet value however if the investment in this company doesn't pay off the operations flounder there's no synergies which there usually isn't um, they operate, you have a hard time incorporating and merging the two companies together, which is very common. This means sales go down, profitability goes down for the entire company. In this example, at least. Let's say this happens, and this happens far more often in mergers and acquisitions than you would imagine. Let's say this happens. Again, very common occurrence. In this case, you might have to impair some of the value of the goodwill which would essentially mean you write off a portion of the balance sheet value of the goodwill so let's say you have a balance sheet good uh, goodwill value of one billion dollars and you have to impair 500 million dollars of that that means you essentially get rid of at least for the time being 500 million dollars worth of balance sheet value just again like that it's pretty much signatures piece of paper and you're impairing goodwill as far as i know that's pretty much how it goes accounting accountants probably go over it i'm sure um but as far as i know it's literally if the company or acquisition is doing poorly the company itself as a whole does poorly afterwards goodwill is generally impaired so you that this company just lost 500 million dollars worth of balance sheet strength this of course affects book value affects the um, level of assets over liabilities, affects the kind of, since we use book value as a bit of a proxy for balance sheet strength in terms of, again, what I look at, as kind of not necessarily a real world, but just kind of a base level strength of the balance sheet, this impairs your balance sheet strength. The company may go from a great balance sheet strength or perceived balance sheet strength to having a poor balance sheet in relation to their debt levels, cash levels, those kind of things, cash flow production, all those kind of things. All these things come into play. But getting back to goodwill. So not only would that impairment of goodwill lower those things I just mentioned. Again, balance sheet strength, book value per share, uh, net asset value, these kind of just, again, base level kind of strength, balance sheet strength, valuations and assessments. You essentially lose $500 million worth of value. So that will also affect the perception of the company. The share price will likely plummet um, depending on the size of the company. The analyst and momentum and emotion behind the company will generally be generally be, get um, downgraded or people will say to sell the company or whatever 
So, with having said all that about Goodwill, is it ever useful? I would say in less than one out of 100 cases, the thing called economic, economic Goodwill, which Buffett talks about quite a bit, companies with long-term sustainable competitive advantages, Seas Candy, um, Coca-Cola, um, uh, Philip Morris and Altria with their Marlboro and their huge competitive advantage. These kind of rare companies have economic goodwill which actually adds value onto the company. In again, 99.9% .9 of the time, goodwill is completely useless. When I calculate anything that requires goodwill, ROIC, um, when I calculate book value per share, I actually take out goodwill. Almost in almost 100% of the cases, completely. I don't discount it at all, I just take it out completely. Um, when I do an asset reproduction valuation, because I want to be the most, uh, I'm a very ultra conservative investor, so I wanna see the absolute kind of base number. So I take out Goodwill pretty much 100% of the time. I don't, again, I don't discount it at all. I just take it out. I just put a zero there in the column and give zero value to the Goodwill. Um, it lowers the NCAT, Ben Graham NCAT valuation. When I do that valuation, I take that out. Pretty much anything, any situation, again, especially in my realm of nano caps, micro caps, small obscure companies from around the world, I actually off the top of my head, I can't think of a company I own or I've researched in a while that has had any kind of economic goodwill. So, useless accounting metric, useless not only useless accounting metric, useless economic metric and term um, can actually harm you if you don't know that you should take it out and you're not conservative enough in your estimations and valuations. Uh, just all around pretty much terrible. Um, has no, again, in 99.9% .9 of cases, no economic bearing whatsoever on the company and their operations, their economics, their industry, nothing. It just is completely terrible. And you don't really see many people talking about Goodwill because it's frankly boring. A lot of people don't like to talk about Goodwill because either they don't know what it is or it's boring. Um, but it can be an incredibly important number, especially again, not necessarily in my arena, but in bigger companies, if you focus on, I would say probably mid caps to mega caps, those companies almost 100% of the time have Goodwill. And you need to figure out in the balance sheet what that value is. Is there some kind of value there does this company have some kind of long-term sustainable competitive advantage? If it doesn't, it should be taken out most of the time. Um, actually, off the top of my head, can't think of a situation for any kind of company where I would leave Goodwill in at all, rather than just discounting it a little bit, like 25, 50%, whatever. I would probably typically, I do typically take it out like 100% of the value. I just again, put a zero there if I'm put a, if I'm doing a um, NCAV valuation or tangible book value or a book valuation, which turns into a tangible book valuation when you take out things like uh, Goodwill and intangible assets. Um, but intangible assets, that's a different story. Those actually have value if they come with valuable trademark patents, things like that. Goodwill and intangible assets. Some companies actually com uh, squeeze these two things together. They are two separate things. Goodwill, again, purely an accounting number for the most part. Intangible assets, things like trademarks, uh, patents, uh, 
customer lists, non-compete agreements, things like that that actually have some value in some cases depending on the company and the situation. So hope you like this look at the three most useless metrics in all of value investing in finance. Um, if you have any comments, questions, concerns about PE, beta, and goodwill, why I actually let me back up this is not the last because synergy I forgot to talk about synergy we'll talk about the next video so at this point if you have any questions comments concerns about goodwill PE beta let me know in the comments below make sure to watch the other videos again right left below depending on where you're watching um, and you can see the other episodes in value investing in your car again in the playlist to the right left below wherever you're watching um, Make sure to share it if you like this and make sure to subscribe and hit the notification bell so you're notified anytime we release a new video. Thanks. Have a great day. I'm looking forward to talking with some of you about Goodwill, PE, and Beta, about why these all three so far are completely useless. And next week or in one of the next episodes, whenever it releases, we will talk about Synergy, which is the fourth and probably final, unless I come up with something else that I can remember. Um, useless value investing metric or term. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. Bye.